You're listening to the Australian Organic Collective, Episode 2, with your host, Kelsey Taylor. In this episode, I sit down to chat with Martin Meek. Martin is a partner at United Organics, a certified organic wholesaler specialising in fresh produce. He's also the current chairman of Australian Organic Limited. In this episode of the Australian Organic Collective, you'll hear Martin's story about how he became a part of the organic industry, how his business, United Organics, has had to adapt due to COVID-19 and what domestic regulation would mean for him. This podcast is sponsored by Cleavers Organic. If you're feeding the family or you're feeding the team, you can trust Cleavers for 100% delicious certified organic meat. Plus, every Cleavers product is carbon neutral. You can find yours in the fresh meat section at your supermarket. We love to chat to our certified operator members, business owners, organic advocates or ambassadors. So if you'd like to be involved with a future episode, please get in touch with us via any one of our social media platforms. Hi, Martin. Welcome to the podcast. Great to have you on as our second guest. Let's start off with your story. It's a rather interesting one. I guess you could say that you essentially married into the organic industry. I'll give you the Reader's Digest condensed version. I married a a lady called Genevieve Flannery. Her parents were involved in the health food industry. They had one store called Mrs. Flannery's, quite well known on the Gold Coast. And essentially, I just got involved in the family business from, you know, from there. I, I do enjoy um, logistics. I enjoy systems. So I would like to think I added a bit of value in that regards. And myself and my father-in-law, Malcolm Flannery, were in partnership for nearly 20 years. We built the brand, sold the brand in 2008. And the rest is history, so they say. That may have been how you started in the industry, but you have actually stuck around for quite some time since then, uh, becoming quite a successful businessman. You now are part owner of United Organics. Tell us a little bit more about it. I own an organic wholesale company. We're certified, and I will use that term a lot, so if people get annoyed at me, we really, it's very important that we make that distinction between certified. So we are a certified organic wholesaler. We're based in the Brisbane markets we have a selling floor in the brisbane markets united organics as a company is about 20 years old i bought into it six or seven years ago i have a partner ross cowling they used to be my primary supplier when i owned flannery's so we had a good business relationship prior to that so we were comfortable with each other and comfortable with how we worked so it just seemed to be a good fit when um, ross's previous partner wanted to retire so as a wholesaler who do you sell most of your product too? We, we don't deal with the majors, not anymore. So we, we do like to pick our our customer base. We, we do retailers, we do cafes, we do online guys, we do all the market people, we do IGAs, food works. So mainly the small independent operators is, is our target market. We do export to Singapore, we export to Hong Kong and also Thailand. With the COVID, which I thought would maybe knock our export around, we we just got a new customer last week from India. So I think export is still growing for, for my particular business. Our domestic market is robust. Export has its own challenges. So export's one of those things that you want to look at when you feel you've well and truly supplied your domestic market. And at this point in time, I would rather put most of my focus on our domestic market and 
if export customers come to me, then nice. But we 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 certainly aren't. No, we're we're certainly not chasing them. We're not. It's it's not where our. I think the uh, buzzword at the moment is pivot. So with that in mind, have you had to pivot anything with your business, or have you faced any new challenges due to COVID nineteen? It it certainly hasn't affected us negatively. When the panic buying hit, that was a challenge in that it was crazy, crazy for two to three weeks, probably closer to three weeks. All orders were amplified. We import from Italy. We're the Australian distributor for Bio Italia and we space those shipments out so that we don't run out of product, but we don't want to overstock. And I think we moved four months of product in two weeks of the dry goods, the canned goods, the pastas. So that was quite interesting. Coping with a 50% increase in turnover whilst not being able to put too many more staff on whilst having the same resources the same amount of forklifts the same amount of warehouse space that was quite challenging but the guys did a great job and we and we managed that and then of course the farmers started to run out of product because the stuff grows when it grows so yes you can pick it a little bit early you can pick it a little bit small but it'll get to a point where you just can't so after about a month of elevated buying then trying to source the stock became harder. Thankfully in fresh produce it's fairly difficult to um, stockpile a lettuce so <laughs> they, they tend to not work terribly well so we found that even though people might have hoarded the dry goods, the pastas, the canned goods, fresh produce lines just kept ticking over um, and because we buy from everywhere in the country um, we were able just to move our buying around so that we could we could for the most part keep up with with orders what do you think has been one of the biggest changes for the organic industry well i i started in 93 so i've i've been in the game for a long time now nearly 30 years i suppose the industry's become less less fringe it's become more accepted i did an interview a while back and the the journalists enjoyed my term i said it was fringe mainstream and that's pretty much what it is now we we have become a subset of mainstream we are still fringe in that but it's it's no longer um well you don't have to look very hard now to find organics it's it's pretty much available anywhere everywhere in most of your supermarkets but it's still a subset of 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 that main category and a, a smaller section of that main category but we've certainly taken a seat at the table you mentioned earlier that you do quite a bit of exporting of your fresh produce as well have you found that since covid19 has happened you've faced additional challenges with getting your fresh produce overseas only the the infrequency of flights obviously there was a lot of freight that went on passenger planes or well, now there's no passenger planes flying the only planes that are going are your freight planes so they're a lot less frequent so that that just makes it a little bit harder and with fresh produce you really don't want the goods in transit for longer than they have to be particularly if you're sending to Asia where quite often they'll get left on the tarmac for two hours and then people start calling me looking for credits so yeah that's probably one of the biggest challenges with with the export and with 
with the COVID, it certainly has changed the flight frequency and therefore added another layer of complication for us. And you've actually got a really big team here at United Organics as well, Martin. You took me for a walk through the warehouse earlier. It was really cool to see. And they do split shifts. Is that right? There's people starting at 2am. There's people that work right through the night. How many people do you actually employ here at United Organics? I think 40, somewhere between 36 and 40. I know I have 18 full-time, that the rest are casual with markets. As much as we would like to, to try and even out days, the traditional market days have always been Monday and Thursday, and in our business, that follows that trend. So those two days are probably 30 40% larger than the other day, so it is necessary for us to have that casual workforce that we can just bring people in on those on those days where we get smashed. We have found with the COVID thing that we are getting smashed nearly every day, which is evening things out. And so there's, it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's interesting how it affects various businesses and it seems to have affected ours in a, in a manner that I think people are cooking more, they're staying home more. And because it's a health-driven crisis, organics are back on their radar. People are definitely caring a lot more about what they're eating yeah. and what they're putting in their bodies. And I think, well I'm hoping like I I enjoy cooking I I find cooking for me is relaxing Um, and I think people are because they have the time now I think they're rediscovering that cooking is not necessarily a chore and it's it's a thing that you can have fun with and yeah I'm I'm hoping that if there is a if there is a gift to this crisis I'm hoping that's one of them that it's allowed people to rediscover things that they may have they may have forgotten about or, or missed. So can you tell me, why is it so important to you and your business to be certified organic and what does it mean to you? So I suppose the uh, I'll, I'll begin with saying the, the number one competitor to, to real organics or certified organics in this country is fake organics. So it's people making unsubstantiated claims that their products are organic. Australia was the first country to have a government-owned organic standard, I believe, and that's something that we we should be justifiably proud. So the national standard for organics is owned by the Department of Agriculture and they they own that standard and it, the standard is maintained by an industry body. So for us to be certified organic, we have to be compliant and we have to get third party audited to the level of compliance to the national standard or a similar standard. So I suppose from a a certified organic, we pay for the privilege of being audited. We pay for the privilege of being inconvenienced in that people come through, they look at our systems, they judge us on how well we conform, how well we comply. I do try and treat that as a positive because it does add value to our business. It does make us operate at a, at a higher level. So it is good to have that oversight. But any business in Australia that is certified organic, it has paid for the privilege of having someone come in and oversee their business to make sure that they are compliant to a government-owned standard, the national standard. That's probably as simply as I can put that. I guess you could say it's a stamp of integrity and authenticity to prove the products that you've got here are genuinely what you say they are. So like you're saying, fake organic, there are a number of people or a number of businesses out there that do have products that say this is organic, but they just can't prove it. And I do take umbrage to people who say, well, yes, well, 
we are organic, but I just don't get certified. Well, I would push back on that to say, well, usually there's a reason why you're not certified. And I believe that it would be for the benefit of of the public, benefit of the consumer, and certainly benefit of the entire organic industry that we do manage to bring in domestic legislation and that if people want to make the organic claim, then they have to be certified. Now, not only have you been in the organic industry personally for the last 20 odd years, but you're also now current Australian Organic Limited chairman. I think originally you were just standing in as the chairman, but we've somehow managed to convince you to stay. Before becoming the chairman, though, you were on the board of Australian Organic for quite a few years. Five or six. So how did you first become involved with Australian Organic? I, I would blame Quentin Kennedy. He was a fellow board director and someone that I've known for a long, long time. The organic industry is quite small. If, if you're in it long enough, then you meet everybody else. I got a call from Quentin Kennedy and the then chairman, Andy Monk, suggesting that I, I apply for the board like everybody else you're you're busy so you make excuses quinton then called me back and said well you know you need to give back so he put the guilt on me essentially he reminded me that i'd been reasonably successful in this space and that i probably had an obligation to to give back to the industry and so that's that's how i got on board I have to say it's enjoyable, it's challenging, it's very different to being in business. I think when you run your own business, it's more of a dictatorship. It kind of has to be because you're ultimately responsible for everything. So yes, you certainly delegate, but the, the buck really does stop with you. On a board, it's a lot more inclusive. So from a professional development point of view, and I think also a personal development point of view, it's been good for me in that it's made me more inclusive in my decision making and and how I view things. It's also nice to get a helicopter view of the whole industry rather than looking at it just from my business's perspective. So I think it's been quite positive in regards to that. From a chairman point of view, I, I'm learning to be more of a diplomat, but that's not my natural state, but it is something that it's a work in progress. Being a fresh produce wholesaler, you obviously have a very close working relationship with a lot of farmers, producers um, and manufacturers. So with that being said, how do you maintain those relationships with those people? Building a relationship with the farmer, the first thing it's very important to pay them pay them promptly <laughs> yes um they have long memories long 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 memories we pride ourselves on making sure that we take good care of our suppliers from a financial point of view we only deal with certified growers and we have to to comply with the horticultural code of conduct which is a government mandated process as to as to how the transaction will go and we make sure in our own systems that we have a copy of their certification certificate. It has to be current. Whenever we put up a purchase order in our system, it will actually flag us if their certification is is coming up for renewal. If there's decertification, then normally the certifiers will will share that, and then we flag them in our system, and that 
makes it impossible for us to generate a purchase order for. So do you stock any uh, products or any lines that are in conversion? Yes, we have no problem with in conversion lines. I think it's actually important to support farmers when they are in conversion because otherwise they don't have an income or they have to grow things organically, which can be harder, can be more labour intensive. And if we don't buy the in conversion, then they have to sell that on the conventional market. So they're not being compensated for that increased effort. So if we do carry in conversion lines, it is clearly marked on our price list as in conversion. We can't export in conversion lines, so we have to have our systems right so that you know, that when we do bring on in conversion, it's it's managed appropriately. So United Organics has got a selling floor at the Brisbane markets, but what does this actually mean? What are you able to do there? Because we are a a fresh produce wholesaler, you're only allowed to deal with farmers in Queensland if you have a selling floor. So the fact that we have a selling floor in Brisbane markets allows us to transact with farmers direct. It also gives us access to all of the logistics of the Brisbane markets, the unloading service, all of those sort of things. So we do find that it is quite important for our company and that we are a principal in the Brisbane markets. All right. I'd love to know your thoughts and opinions on this one, Martin. Plastic. I know it's a necessary evil for our industry, particularly in bigger supermarkets and that kind of thing who stock conventional and certified organic it differentiates between the two Uh, unfortunately we lose out and we're the ones that have to wear the plastic but you as a wholesaler being 100% certified organic is there anything in place or do you do anything different to reduce your plastic consumption I share your frustration in regards to this I I would suggest that packaging is unavoidable packaging is essential as to whether that packaging has to be plastic we are forever on the lookout for getting better alternatives to plastic and all of the bags that we use at the moment there are certified compostable so we are forever trying to change our system so that we reduce the plastic there is now a biofilm which is a compostable cling wrap but we are forever on the lookout of ways that we can reduce our pollution footprint we've got solar panels on the roof we've got big cardboard bin outside where the guys put all of their empty water bottles and things so we recycle wherever we can and at every opportunity and the reducing the plastic is certainly on our radar and we will continue to work towards that until you know the the ultimate goal would be zero plastics but i think we're i think we're a few years from that yeah i think you might be right there but in saying that you actually send quite a lot of your produce out in boxes you showed me around the warehouse earlier and you guys have actually pivoted there's that word again and you're now doing a lot more with home deliveries aren't you yeah we um i think anybody under 35 would have would have known already that internet is the future welcome to the future (laughs) Yeah. yeah i'm i'm 55 this year so it's taken me a while to work that out I think in our business, like with a lot of businesses, COVID-19 has acted as an accelerator. There's changes that, that were coming, changes that would have certainly got here within a few years. 
and I think the COVID has just turbocharged those changes. So we found that the the internet retailers or the people that that we supply to that sell on the web, that part of our business has grown about 400%. So I could only imagine that that, that number would skyrocket even further if we had domestic regulation. So what would domestic regulation mean for you and your business? Domestic regulation, it would take away my, my biggest competitor. I'm in fresh produce, so you have an organic cos lettuce and you put that next to a conventional cos lettuce with no packaging, it's, it's impossible to differentiate. Except the organic one looks better and tastes better. <laughs> so for us to have it written into law that people can't make organic claims unless they have certified organic product... That's a, that's a game changer for the Australian consumer and it's a game changer for Australian organic businesses. It's, it's a game changer that our government has actually stepped up, recognised us as a legitimate business, recognised the opportunities and have finally decided to support us in this endeavour. So as the chairman of Australian Organic, what has been the biggest milestone that you've either seen or been a part of? The biggest milestone was when Australian Organic Organic Limited AOL made the decision to split from its certification arm, ACO Certification Limited. Prior to that, our certification arm was a subsidiary of the larger company. The reason why we made a decision to split was that because we couldn't step up to be the industry body whilst being associated with a certification body. So the board at AOL made that decision that we would cleave off the companies and each company has its separate board, is completely separate, completely independent, and that allowed AOL to become the first organic industry body. I'll probably get some criticism for saying the first organic industry body, but really it's the first one that we put the time in, we've put the energy in, we've put the money in, we've engaged with politicians, we've joined other advocacy groups, and we really have made inroads and made some good positive impacts. And I think the domestic legislation is part of that. We have ag ministers listening to us. Our CEO has been been invited to sit with the bushfire crisis table. She's been in meetings with the Prime Minister. We really have managed to step up so that we are the advocacy body for Australian organic. Okay, so I feel like I've taken up most of your morning, which is not very productive for a veggie peddler like you. So I'll leave it with one final question for you. What would you like to see happen for the organic industry in the next two to five years? Our number one focus for the organic industry is domestic legislation and we will continue to push that and we'll continue to drive that. We are confident we can deliver that in 2020 with a two-year implementation but we we do want that legislation in place for 2020 during 2020. I think once we have that we can start educating the consumer as to why it is so important and what they need to look for to protect themselves from organic fraud. The step then after that is equivalency to international markets. I think export organically, Australian organic businesses export somewhere around 800 million a year. I think that number can be increased significantly once we have domestic legislation in place and if we can get equivalency into key markets. 
Thank you so much for your time today, Mark. Thank you, Kelsey. Thanks for coming down and visiting. Cheers. That wraps up this episode of the Australian Organic Collective with Martin Meek. If you'd like to get in contact with Martin, you can do so via the United Organics webpage, unitedorganics.com.au, or you can email him directly, martin at unitedorganics.com.au. This podcast is all thanks to our podcast sponsor, Cleavers Organic. So if you're feeding the family or feeding the team, you can trust Cleavers for 100% delicious certified organic meat. Plus, every Cleavers product is carbon neutral. Find yours in the fresh meat section at your supermarket. Thanks for listening. If you have a minute, please rate and review this podcast wherever you're listening to it. And if you'd like to be involved in a future episode, get in touch with us either via one of our social media platforms or email contact at ostorganic.com. 